CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. It's time for your money and your life with Don Cash and myself once again talking about the world of investing, finance, uh, heat. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Summertime heat and economic stress. Uh, boy, I tell you what, they're running hand in hand right now, Don. And it's, it is hot, hot, hot. And uh, how you doing, my friend? I know you just got back from a trip. How's things going? Everything is going good, Mark. As you know, we take our annual trip when the kids get out of school in June. Uh, we had a great trip to Siesta Key, Florida. Mm, you know where nice. that is, right? Uh-huh. West Coast. So uh, apparently we have a bunch of listeners in the Sarasota area. Nice. Uh, so yeah, shout out to uh, Nathan, Dalton, and Chris at the Siesta Key Water Sports. A bunch of young, hardworking, ambitious young people there that listen to the show. Well, hello, guys. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yay. Always good to hear that kind of stuff, especially not just our demographic, which tends to be retirees, pre-retirees, so younger people as well. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, always good to hear the kids, uh, yeah. the perspective from the young people on on what's going on in the economy and you know where their heads are at. Absolutely. Well, uh, what else is going on? I mean, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So you got me stumped right there. Yeah. You know, speaking of young people, mm-hmm. the big news in the summer uh, in our family is that our daughter announced her engagement Whoa. to her fiancé, Matt, just before our trip. So that is big it's been news. an active summer with my son graduating college and my daughter announcing uh, the marriage. Wow. Well, congratulations to the couple. That's fantastic. Uh, all sorts of stuff going on. Seems like you're a, a busy guy. Yeah, it seems like there's never a dull moment in the cash household, right? There's always something going on. <laughs> Same with you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, guys. it's always something we've got. Uh, you know, we've, like I said, we've got the heat wave going on, and it's happening globally, Don. It's not just America, right? I mean, we've, we've, we're in it right now, too, but I've got friends all across the, the globe, as I'm sure you do, and a lot of friends mm-hmm. in, in Europe right now, and the, boy, the heat is killing them there, too. So it's not just the actual heat, but there's also this economic heat uh, that's pretty frustrating. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the UK. There were some, there was a family of eight uh, people from the UK that were vacationing at uh, in the same area where we vacationed oh, okay. in Siesta Key, and um, they were heading back to Europe. And actually, the day they were ready to leave, their flight was canceled. Oh, that I, is you know tough. I saw that some of the uh, airports and it's like I think it was Heathrow and some other the air the uh, tarmacs they were boiling, they were melting because they didn't they're only rated for like ninety five degrees. Can you, know, you imagine that, Mark? Yeah, they're just not designed over there for the kind of heat that we sometimes see over here. I and mean, it's you know it's in the upper nineties here and across the country all week. So very interesting stuff going on in the world. And you know, I wanted to bring up the fact uh, before you went away on holiday, though, Don, you did jest of that. Um, the financial advisors have an inside joke that they say whenever an advisor goes away on vacation, the stock market will go down. Uh, certainly, June was a bad month for investors, and people seem to be on edge, adding to our conversation point today. And the R word's been popping up more and more, recession. So what I wanted to do today, if you're cool, if you want to have some fun with this, talk about it. I've collected some advice uh, from various commentators and experts across the country who you've likely heard a lot of this kind of stuff yourself. But I want to know, should we follow it? Should we proceed with caution? Let's go through some of this stuff, and I want to get your take on them. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. That's a, a good idea. I know you have a list of uh, commentators here we're going to just uh, discuss. But, you know, here um, and all the time they show, just to be clear, uh, a lot of times people talk about the recession. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this in the past few shows. But the definition 
of a recession is a little murky, I think, for a, a lot of people. It's technically defined as two consecutive quarters of negative growth in the economy. Okay. Uh, so the first quarter ending March 31st, that's quarter one, was negative 1.6%. They, they've changed it a little bit. You know when they do these estimates, they always revise them sure. eventually, yeah. right? Whether it's unemployment or growth or, in this case, contraction. So it was slightly negative, and we'll find out soon what the second quarter is going to be. But if it's negative, uh, then we'll be in a recession. But it's going to be a really unusual one, Mark, when you mm-hmm. look at this, because you know we have inflation. We just heard is over nine percent, right? Yeah, we got the, the G highest, numbers in, right? Yep. Yeah, highest in over forty years. Mm-hmm. Gas prices are still very high, even though I've noticed that they've fallen probably at least around here about fifty cents a gallon. It's probably the same. Yeah, where you right? there's been a hot take about that too, and some of that we won't get into all of that, but definitely it's fallen a little bit, which is good. So hopefully they'll continue to move in that direction. Yeah, that's a positive. Demand for services, though, still very strong, uh, and goods as well. And home prices this year are still projected that's to rise ten percent. Yeah, ten percent, right? Was what I've heard as well. And and with the Fed taken up, it's that seems weird, you know. Yeah, I was talking to someone down in Florida about this. I said, you know, they were talking about uh, some realtors were mentioning that there's no inventory, yeah, right? There's maybe. no inventory of homes. And I'm thinking, you know, that makes a lot of sense because if you were one of those people that uh, refinance your mortgage, if you have a mortgage, mm-hmm. and you refinance at two and a half or three percent, and now the rates are five and a half percent, you're going to be pretty reluctant to sell and get another and mortgage. Get, yeah, very true. Right? You're thinking like, I've got this great, great mortgage at two and a half or three percent. Why would I sell if I get relocated to Texas or Georgia or wherever? Mm-hmm. Now I've got to sell and buy a house, and now my mortgage is going to be it's five and a half percent. Could be even more. Who knows? And the house is um, more. <laughs> and the house costs more as yeah. well. So it kind of locks up the um, the real estate market. But having traveled around the the country the past month, you'd never know that there was really talk of a recession, right? The airports are packed. Mm, uh, mm -hmm. The highways are jammed. The restaurants have lined as long as I remember. And, you know, getting back to the water sports, we do boating and jet skiing and things like that. There are tons of people who are waiting to rent these things. So, you know, when you're out in the the world and, and living your life day to day, it doesn't seem like you're really noticing much of a recession. You know, it, I think it's because we are truly in some unique time frames. You know, we some of that's got to be just COVID bottle up, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, come, you know, whatever, we're going to go do some things because we're tired of not doing some things and, and just paying the price for it when we're doing it. So, you know, and it, there's definitely strong, as you mentioned, there's, you know, strong demands for goods and services, but the U.S. stock market is down around 20%, some areas over 30, some even higher, depending on exactly what sector. Uh, so there's some stuff going on out there for sure. So I've got these comments, Don, so let's tackle a few of them, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, uh, equity strategist Phil Orlando uh, says he expects the market to decline further throughout the summer weeks, uh, perhaps an additional 10%, and that he favors value stocks, things like energy, financial, healthcare industries, over the growth stocks. He also says holding cash hasn't been this attractive in more than 20 years. What's your take on Phil Orlando? It's interesting. You're hearing so much positive news uh, over the um recent past over value stocks compared to growth stocks recently. 
And just to be clear, the um, the value stocks are companies like Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson, as he mentioned, like banks and consumer stocks, energy, financial, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so the year to date, the S and P five hundred has lost about twice as much as the value index. Mm. And in my experience, most people don't realize that the value stocks historically have better rates of return than growth stocks. People think of growth like you want good growth, right? So growth is good, of course, and value people think of as being less of a return than growth. So our growth has been a lot of the tech, right, Don? Absolutely. So growth would be companies like Facebook and Netflix and Apple and Google and companies like Tesla, Mm -hmm. right, for example. And if you look at Tesla, uh, the stock sells for, I don't know, something like a thousand times their earnings. Wow. Right? Which is incredibly expensive compared to a company like Toyota, which may sell for something like 15 times their earnings. So, Toyota would be less of a growth stock, more leaning toward a value. And of course, Tesla would be more of a growth stock. So over time, the expected rate of return is higher for value than growth stocks. So I don't think it's just a matter of predicting 2022, like Phil Orlando says, Mm. a well-diversified portfolio should really have value stocks that are both large and small companies and very typically when i see prospects that we're onboarding and they're becoming clients what they have is just a lot of the same thing which is the kind of stocks you hear in the news right a lot that have been hot over the past let's say five years or so or even going back a little before that and it becomes now what they call a reversion to the mean now we talked about that before and I kind of liken it to a basketball game. I remember years ago when I watched a lot of basketball, I would, used to watch the Knicks against the Bulls. And this was the, back in the Michael Jordan days. So, Good stuff. You know, you being a North Carolina guy, That's right. I'm sure you're a Jordan fan. Good stuff, yeah. He's a North Carolina star yeah. basketball player. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the Knicks would be ahead by 20 points at halftime <laughs> to the Bulls. <laughs> And they would lose by three. <laughs> yep. Jordan was famous for that. Or five. And, and, or one, you know, a heartbreaker, lost by one. Yep. And that's kind of like value stocks compared to growth stocks. Over time, uh, the large value stocks return, let's say, one or 2% more a year than the growth stocks. And the small value stocks might return 5% more than the growth stocks. It's just over short periods, short bursts of time, mm-hmm. like those Knicks were in the first half of the game. You know, they're ahead by a certain score, but at the end, it's a reversion to the mean and the cream rises to the top, so to speak. Yeah, the, the growth gives you the big flashy, uh, you know, numbers, if you will, whereas the value is kind of uh, just plugging along and kind of a tortoise and a hare kind of thing, sounds like. Yep. Uh, And and I appreciate you breaking down a little bit of the differences in those types of those for the listeners. So very good stuff there. So that was was equity strategist Phil Orlando. Let's see what financial journalist Bill Stone had to say. Uh, He says there's a silver lining, Don, to the recent review of the stock and bond market damage. Uh, and that there's a decent amount of bad news baked into these asset prices already. 
He goes on to suggest that timing the end of a bear market, of course, is impossible, but that eventually a rebound is typically fairly explosive, and we look for that thing that to happen typically before the economy would recover, if we're talking about the R word, right, recession. Yeah, all very true. I mean, a lot of people have to realize that markets are like forward-looking, right? And again, it's I agree, it's impossible to time the end of a bear market. I mean, let's look what happened just yesterday, right? The market was up over 700 points. Mm-hmm. In one day, I didn't hear anyone predicting that the, the day, day before, before right. right? Right. It's like uh, it just happens in quick bursts, and you know you could make a good case actually uh, for the end of an economic slowdown and a pickup in growth. I mean, I've heard uh, other sides of the coin with this, and okay. if you're looking at these issues like energy prices falling, right? Employment is still quite high. There's something like 11 million jobs that are unfilled. So there's a lot of people working. People are spending money on goods and services, like we mentioned before. And, right. And and uh, here's another thing. You touched on this a little bit before the the uh, the COVID buildup of of demand, but COVID policies really have changed a lot all over the world. Oh yeah. Uh, where it's not this bent of, well, let's just slow down or shut things down and quarantine and wait. There's still a little bit that occurred Here a few and there, months ago but yeah, in, a lot of places in China. Are open, yeah. But certainly there's no taste for that anywhere uh, in the United States or, or Europe, Europe mm-hmm. for sure, yeah. or even in Canada, Mexico, South America, the rest of the world, India, Bangladesh, I can go on and on. There's really a huge, huge shift in COVID policies, which loosens up the supply chain. So, and it comes down to this, and we've talked about this before. If you plan properly, you don't need to constantly be watching the news on the economy. You can live your life fully, right? And think of it this way. We're in the middle of the summer. How many summers are you going to have with your kids and grandkids in reality? Yeah, yeah. There's an old movie. Uh, I'm sure you know it. Ferris Bueller's Day okay, Off. Okay, okay. Right? Wait a minute. First of all, you can't call Ferris Bueller's Day Off old. <laughs> okay. That's it's, it is old, but we don't need to hear yeah. that. <laughs> okay, it's an '80s movie. There you Let's go. Call there it you that, go. Right? It's a classic movie. Yes, right? sir. I, yes, sir. I think of an old movie like It's a Wonderful Life. Me right? too, so, right? Movies from yeah, the yeah, 40s so, are old movies, right? Casablanca's yeah. old. Yeah, right? exactly. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it's a classic 1980s era movie, and it ends with Ferris saying this, life changes fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might miss it. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing, you know, despite all the uh, numbers and the various things that we're talking about today is people are like, hey, we've if you only got so many summers, you know, there's there's things we need to get out and do. Uh, and, and it's it's tough. It's a tough personal battle for everybody. But I think we're definitely seeing more of that with just to your point, all the, the travel and the various things we talked about earlier in the show. So and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about some of these, um, I guess, talking head headlines or some of these you know experts, some of the things that they're saying uh, here during this hot summer and then get your take on it as well. I've got something here from a Grant Sullivan, maybe Sullivan. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, He's a columnist and a financial advisor. He says, beware of making emotional decisions in turbulent times. They often lead to mistakes that are more costly than we think. Many times we don't see them, Don. Oh, you know, absolutely. This is like just a golden advice, not making emotional decisions in turbulent times. 
and we're going through a little bit of this now. Like I mentioned before, my daughter getting married, right? Sure, so, that's a big deal. Um, he, she's making these wedding plans, yeah. and there are, are just a million little things that need to be made, uh, decisions that need to be made with the wedding. And I, you know, I think back to my wedding. Gosh, we're going back over twenty-five years now, and it just, I just forget about all these things that we had to do. And, and often, you feel pressured to make decisions on the spot. Or you make one that's really not well thought out enough. So one of the things that we're doing is bringing in and hiring a wedding coordinator. You've probably heard of these. Oh, yeah. Like a popular I, thing I can only days. ever think of, um, was it uh, Father of the Bride with Steve yes. Martin? And Martin Short played the wedding coordinator that drove him nuts. By the way, a classic, Another great, classic. great movie. Yep. And they made two of them, Father of the Bride 1 and 2. But, oh, and yeah. they're both wonderful. Well, hopefully wonderful you don't get a Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> Although he, he, did was a, he did a good job, but he drove Steve Martin crazy. Anyway. Yes, I remember his name was Frank. Frank, that's right. Frank that's right. in the movie. So we're, by, we're hiring a type of a Frank okay. as a wedding coordinator. And you know these people, they spend years and years planning, who knows, dozens and dozens of weddings. And they know all the nuances. So... You know, essentially, they kind of coach you through the process and make sure that you don't make these emotional decisions that end up, you know, causing big, big problems. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, and it sounds, I mean, honestly, Don, that's a lot what you do, you know, really, right? Planning. Uh, there are a million little things that go into, instead of wedding planning, into retirement planning. Uh, Social Security, Medicare, long-term care, IRAs. Roths, conversions, income plans, estate, legal. I mean, that's why we talk about the things that we talk about each and every week or, well, every other week, I should say, on the podcast when we're bringing up these things because it's not just the, the five or six items. It's it's the 10 or 15 or 20 other little items and how they all work and play together. Uh, and that's why really why you need a professional like Don uh, when you're talking about doing these things. And so sit down with somebody like Don. Get on Don's calendar. Uh, he is a CPA and a CFP. So reach out, get started today. No cost, no obligation. As usual, as we always talk about here on the, the podcast, you can reach out to him at his website, donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast, Your Money and Your Life, on whatever platforming app you like to use, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, iHeart, Stitcher, all that stuff. You can find it at his website. You can also find it at our podcasting website for Don. It's doncashpodcast.com. Dot com. That's doncashpodcast.com. And you can drop us a line as well if you'd like. And sometimes we take those here on the show. So let's do a cash connection and take an email from Rita in Red Bank. She says, Don, I'm 61 years old, never had a financial advisor, and I've made it this far on my own. Surely I could make it the rest of the way. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is something, it's a good question. Um, when someone is 60 years old, 61 years old in Rita's case, it's common that they, if they've been successful on their own, they kind of miss out on looking at, as you mentioned before, the million things that you have to deal with in retirement. Mm -hmm. And now we're at a different phase of life, right? So those, those years from, uh, depending upon when you start working, but let's say you're 25 years old and you're working from 25 years old until 60 or 65 years old, those are really the accumulation years where you're saving money whether it's a withdrawal from your 401k or IRA contributions or just saving excess during the course of the year. And now when you're hitting that age of 
it depends on the person, 60, 65 years old. Now you're in the preservation and distribution years, right? So at 61, you're one year before your minimum age to be able to withdraw Social Security. But there are rules involved with that at 62 if you decide to take it at that age. You can wait uh, until age 67 and take what they call the benefits at full retirement age, or even wait until 70 and it's going to be even a higher paycheck. So there is such a range of decisions that have to be made after age 60 that includes Social Security, Medicare, Medicare supplements, long-term care, IRA planning, uh, income planning. It could be wills, trusts, powers of attorney, other legal planning doesn't say in the question whether Reed is married or single, but Mm -hmm. there are other considerations with that. So there are so many issues surrounding that. And it gets back to what we talked about before, where where do you want to be spending your time? Are you going to be a do-it-yourselfer and take care of all these things on your own? That's one path that people take. Or are they going to hire a specialist that understands the ins and outs and the nuances and help you live the most fulfilled life you can. So it's a personal decision that everyone has to make for themselves. But the next step is pretty crucial at this point, whether you're going to be doing all this research, making these decisions yourself, or having a professional to kind of guide you along the way. And it reminds me that there's a Super Bowl commercial. You know, sometimes those are the best commercials, Mark. They used to be great. They used to be, where a a guy is on the phone with his um, doctor, and the guy is holding a scalpel in his hand, Mm -hmm. And the doctor is giving him instructions as to what to do next. And the the uh, patient, uh, the guy in this case, is saying, shouldn't you be doing this? <laughs> I don't think I saw that one. That's interesting. I'll have to look that up. So he's, th- I'm not sure if it's his doctor. He's like, you know, has some telephone expert right. that's helping along the way. But, you know, again, once you hit a certain age, we move from the accumulation stage of life in terms of savings to the preservation and distribution stage of life. And it, it's a whole different ball game and a whole different area of expertise. Yeah, great great question, great answer. Thanks so much for submitting that in. Uh, yeah, and if you think about it from this standpoint, the markets have been pretty favorable the last you know, 10, 12 years. So 10 years ago, 12 years ago, your life looked a lot different you know, at 49, 48, whatever, uh, versus 61, Rita. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us here on Your Money and Your Life. Again, if you've got questions, reach out to Don. Here's the number if you'd like it, 800-664-1183, 800-664-1183, or again, stop by the website, donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use so you can catch future episodes as well as catch some past episodes if you'd like as well. Don, thanks for hanging out, my friend, and uh, congratulations on the uh, on the young lady's nuptials. Thank Thank you so much, Mark. I'll see you next time. We'll see you next time right here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash and Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.